Hi gang, thanks for downloading this classic episode of News Fighters. Just a reminder, if you're looking for new original episodes of News Fighters, they're now over on the Irrational Fear podcast feed. So search for Irrational Fear on your podcasting app or go to irrationalfear.com for all new episodes of News Fighters. In the meantime, enjoy this classic News Fighters episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. This is News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello fighters. Welcome to News Fighters episode 93 for Friday the 11th of February 2022. News Fighters, the show where anything can happen. Now fortnightly. I'm your host Dylan Bain, the Novak Djokovic of Wacky Clips. Now stick around because Australia's favourite news correspondent Stefan Pazur is returning to cover the Winter Olympics and Oscar nominations later on. But anyways, for my rant this week, I thought it might be a good time to recap our wet muggy Omicron summer and all the stuff-ups from a Scott Morrison and New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet that made the summer so damn miserable. But first, let's recap. Now, when I did my last regular episode of News Fighters uh, last year at the beginning of December, Omicron had just arrived in Australia and we didn't know much about it. Good evening. The new variant of COVID-19 is now in the community. The Omicron variant has reached Australia. Right now little is known about this new variant. A woman unknowingly infected with the Omicron strain spent days in shops and eateries across Sydney. The infected person had been in the community for two days and went on a shopping spree. What the hell is it with Aussies going on shopping sprees when they have COVID? Do they wake up in the morning and it's like, is that a sore throat? Oh, or maybe I'll just go to a Bunnings Ikea and 15 barbecues galore today. I'll just, I'll just scale it back a bit. Well, we didn't know much about Omicron in early December. Well, we quickly learned what it was capable of. From 108,000 tests yesterday, a third came back positive. More than 11,000 new infections. The state today passed 200,000 COVID infections since the start of the pandemic. More than 50 lives lost in a single day. Nationally, more than 64,000 infections were detected today. New South Wales has recorded almost 92,000 new infections. Australia has recorded more than 160. 16,000 new COVID cases. The health minister says there's been more than 1.2 million COVID-19 cases in Australia since the middle of December. And wow, what a uh, shift in thinking Australia's had to do since Omicron uh, came along. You know, six or eight months ago, we'd locked down whole states or suburbs over like a dozen cases. And now it's like a 30,000 cases a day and the gym's open. But the numbers got so bad in Australia over the summer that even the rest of the world was like, go away. With Europe and America now urging citizens to avoid travel to Australia. Yes, that's right. America told Americans not to come to Australia 
because of our COVID case numbers. I mean, that's like an Australian telling another Australian, oh, those Americans, they're so rude. They drop the C-bomb in conversation so much. Can you believe it? Anyways, it's been interesting looking at the worldwide response to Omicron because uh, some countries uh, saw how contagious it was and decided it was time to uh, hit the brakes a little bit, uh, like New Zealand and Canada here. As I set out this week, our strategy is to slow the spread of Omicron down. We need to prevent Omicron from overwhelming our healthcare systems. In order to do that, we have to keep contacts low. But meanwhile, in Australia, uh, our leaders like uh, Scott Morrison and New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet decided, uh, nah, it's Christmas, let it rip. Omicron is a gear change and we have to push through. Opening up is the best thing we can do for our economy. We have no choice but to ride the wave. What's the alternative? Um, What we must do is press on. The best way out of this pandemic is to continue to stand strong and push through. You've got two choices here. You can push through or you're going to lock down. We're for pushing through. It's a difficult and challenging road, but it's the right road to take. The alternative is lockdown, and that is not the right approach. Yeah, guys, it's either one or the other. You either lock down or have total freedom for everybody everywhere. There is no in-between. You know, it's a bit like drinking. We all know there are only two options when it comes to drinking alcohol. There's either complete abstinence or being rip roaring drunk 24-7. There's no middle road here. It's freedom or lockdowns. No, seriously, though, our uh, normally freedom-loving Premier Dominic Perrottet uh, did decide to bring in some uh, modest restrictions to try and slow Omicron down. Now, it wasn't anything draconian, don't worry. It wasn't like he was going to stop unvaccinated people going to the gyms or the theatre or you from having 300 people over to your house for a cocktail party. No, 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 no. Dominic Perrottet decided the best way to stop Omicron was to shut down outdoor music festivals. One music festival after another has been forced to cancel because of the Omicron wave. The Tamworth Country Music Festival is postponed because of new coded safety measures. Electric Music Festival on the Newcastle foreshore planned to go ahead Saturday, but this afternoon was cancelled by public health order. But not all outdoor music festivals. Videos show hundreds of people singing and dancing at a Hillsong youth camp near Newcastle with no masks in sight. Hillsong is standing firm on its decision to hold the event, saying it was not similar to a music festival in any way. Yeah, guys, it's nothing like a music festival. I mean, for one thing, I didn't see any uh, sniffer dogs or police strip-searching teenagers for fun. I mean, what's a music festival without those things? Sadly, there were other religious experiences taking place this summer at our... Overwhelmed hospitals and aged care homes. Nursing homes across the country are at breaking point, with hundreds of centres now facing COVID outbreaks. More than 3,000 healthcare workers are currently isolating after being exposed. A code brown has been issued to every major hospital in Victoria, empowering them to call thousands of staff back from leave and postpone non-essential services. Code browns are reserved for natural disasters and mass casualty events. Yes, and that's also the uh, first time that. Scott Morrison has heard the words Code Brown since uh, Enganine McDonald's in 1997. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, no. I've used up all my uh, Scott Morrison pooed his pants uh, allowance for the entire year. I can't make another joke about that for, till 2023 now. Damn it. Yes, our aged care system fell into such a crisis over the summer that the military had to be called in to help. But uh, don't worry, it's not a crisis, according to Scott Morrison. And I want to thank everybody for the incredible work they're doing to keep those in our care, in the best possible care we can provide in a, crisis, in a, in a, in a situation of this nature. 
Geez, you can just imagine if Scott Morrison was a history teacher, he'd be telling all his students about the 1979 Iran hostage situation of this nature and the 1956 Suez Canal situation of this nature because, you know, nothing's ever a crisis on his watch. Meanwhile, Deputy PM Barnaby Joyce... Again, I still can't believe those are actual words, I have to say with my actual mouth. But yes, Deputy Australian Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce was telling us to look on the bright side. Can the government really say that we are the envy of the world? Well, people are not dying. I mean, that is People are dying. People are dying uh, every day. Sorry, 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 correction. You you were correct. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, We're currently averaging 60 people a day dying in the country, Barnaby, exponentially worse than at any other point during the entire pandemic so far. Can you imagine if this guy was around during the September 11 attacks? Barnaby would be like, oh, it's not like planes are crashing. Oh, wait, yes, they are. Sorry, you're correct. I shouldn't have said that. And with all these deaths happening every day, Scott Morrison decided this was an opportune time to go to the cricket and stop by the commentary box and offer some unique insight. We've got many challenges there, as, as, as we know at the moment, but this is Australia living with the virus. Look at out, look at out there, and Australians taking wickets in the virus. <laughs> <laughs> they are indeed. <laughs> 60 families are grieving every day, but yes, it's just like taking wickets at the cricket. Thank you. Solid comparison there. For those worried about COVID this summer, uh, Morrison and Perrottet did offer this advice. This is just the movement into the era of personal responsibility as we move through the next phase of the pandemic. At the end of the day, our own health is our own responsibility. This is all about taking personal responsibility and the people of New South Wales are doing just that. If you feel uncomfortable about going out in other public spaces, well, you can choose to stay home. And choose to stay home they did as our usual summer month off of boozy barbecues, pub catch-ups and beach holidays basically turn into another lockdown. We might as well be in lockdown. Empty streets and empty shelves all around Sydney, leaving our economic recovery in peril. The latest data from ANZ shows that spending in Sydney is at its lowest since the pandemic began. Many businesses are now operating in effectively a shadow uh, lockdown. There is almost no... Uh, financial support. And if you're wondering why people weren't going out and exercising their personal responsibility, well, it turns out they couldn't get their hands on rapid tests to do so. Well, forget about the toilet paper. The rush is now on for rapid antigen tests. As soon as they hit the shelves, they're gone. We tried to get a rapid test yesterday. We went to about 10 different places, sold out. For a first world country, we had just never seen anything like this before. Yes, and well, thank God that uh, Murdoch's Sky News knew exactly who was to blame for the lack of rapid tests. Those damn health bureaucrats. Well, Australia's top health bureaucrats have some serious explaining to do. It's time they face the music about their handling of rapid antigen tests, or the lack thereof. Because what you're seeing play out right now is a disaster. Let's be truthful on this. Whether they like it or not, key chief health teams in the states and territories are largely responsible for this problem. They're largely responsible for testing. And because they have not advised their leaders to order these test kits. Ah, what expert analysis from Sky News. It's never the politician's fault. It's those damn bureaucrats. I certainly am sure they'll remember that when uh, Labor wins office next. (coughs) And again, Australia's top genius, Barnaby Joyce, knew why there were no rapid tests, it's because people bought all the rapid tests. The Deputy Prime Minister today placing some of the blame on everyday Australians, claiming people are buying more than they need. And there have been some instances of hoarding of rat tests. 
And if they hadn't hoarded it, other people who wanted one would have got one. Surely the government sure can't we... seriously be blaming individuals for hoarding tests. It's definitely been a factor, and to tell you otherwise, is also not telling the truth. Hoarding has been a factor. Yes, and who do you think could stockpile rapid tests, Barnaby Joyce? Because it wasn't the minimum wage essential workers. I think you'll find it was rich people stockpiling rapid tests exactly as you intended the system to work. Yes, yeah, so with Omicron going crazy and there being a complete lack of rapid tests, well... The supply chain soon collapsed in many places because close contacts couldn't go to work without an elusive negative rapid test result. A close contact who is asymptomatic, doesn't have symptoms, must have a rapid antigen test. Empty supermarket shelves are spreading far beyond the toilet paper aisle as the Omicron variant takes hold and thousands of workers are forced to isolate. Between 25 and 50% of workforces are reporting absent on any one day. Queensland's major industries continue to face potentially catastrophic staff shortages with no rapid antigen test deliveries in sight. Meat supply, transport and power systems remain on shaky ground as unions beg for urgent rapid kit supplies. If we want to increase the supply of workers, we need to have free rapid antigen tests available for them to do that safely. It's the only way. Coincidentally, a close contact is also what Liberals call anyone who's been stuck in a room with Scott Morrison. There was one smart business in South Australia, though, that had a great idea about uh, how to get around worker shortages because they all had COVID, and that was send them to work with COVID. The union movement scathing of a South Australian abattoir and supplier for Woolworths, where COVID-positive staff returned to work for a couple of days under an exemption granted by state health authorities. Mm, honey, does this meat seem tasteless to you? Ah, uh, I bought the meat that's been marinated in COVID-19 coronavirus. Again. Oh, well, at least it's not that uh, smoky southern barbecue flavour. That's really bad. So with everyone around Australia begging for free and accessible rapid tests this summer, Scott Morrison finally stood up and told us to bugger off. We're at another stage of this pandemic now where we just can't go around and make everything free. We have to live with this virus. But you know who did make them free? America. Yes, that's right. The land of cancer, bankruptcies and $300 asthma puffers became the land of the free rapid tests. We'll be getting these tests to Americans for free. And we'll have websites where you can get them delivered to your home. I think it says a lot about the prime ministership of Scott Morrison that for the very first time in my entire life, I'm looking at part of the American healthcare system and I'm like, I wish we were like that. But don't worry, Scott Morrison did finally come to his senses and realise that to get workers back to work, keep shelves stocked and get the economy moving again, the government would have to give out free rapid tests to retired pensioners who stay home all day. Concession card holders will soon get free access to rapid antigen tests. They can collect them from pharmacies from January 24, with a limit of 10 in three months. Under the plan, low-income earners, welfare recipients and pensioners will be able to collect the tests for free from pharmacies, with a limit of 10 over three months. They'll also be provided to veterans. Wow, even veterans are getting free rapid tests. Kind of makes me want to go out and uh, do some war crimes. Legal note, I'm not implying all Australian veterans did war crimes, just some of them. Well, at least the federal government finally stepped up and supplied free rapid tests to pharmacies. What? what what's that? Sorry, what? What? They had to source their own? Pensioners have been turned away as day one of the free rapid test rollout ran out of rapid tests. But the rush for rats hasn't been matched by any major increase in supply yet. Many chemists are still waiting for shipments to arrive. Pharmacies say the lack of free rapid antigen tests isn't only due to supply chain issues. 
Some simply can't afford to buy them up front and then wait for the government to pay them back. Yes, that's right. The uh, Morrison government said there'd be free rapid tests for pensioners and then left it to the chemists to source them for themselves and the government would reimburse them at a later date at less than the market rate. Gee, Scott Morrison's the kind of a guy that uh, if you invited him to a bring a plate potluck dinner party, He'd turn up empty-handed and offer to reimburse you $5 later on down the track, just send him an invoice. But Scott Morrison did have some genius ideas to try and get the supply chains working again. In an effort to iron out problems in supply chains, several ideas have been discussed, including further cutting isolation periods for infectious people from seven to five days, and possibly even allowing under-18s to drive forklifts. Well, I can't believe I'm even having to say this, but children should not drive forklifts. It is dangerous. The fact that this idea is even in the um, Prime Minister's head is extremely concerning. Yes, kids driving forklifts. I can't believe that was a thing. But I mean, hey, what's the worst that could happen? At least they'd probably know where the rapid tests are, unlike this government. And it didn't stop there. Morrison also had the bright idea of uh, fixing the economy by inviting backpackers and international students to return. As the government promises to pay the price for visa applications to entice foreigners to work here. My message to them is, come on down. Come on down now. Yeah, come on down, all you guys who I abandoned two years ago with no financial support and told you to go home. So at times like this, if you're a visitor in this country, um, it is time, as it has been now for some while, and I know many visitors have, to make your way home. But anyways, looking at the polls, seems like I'm not the only one angry with Scott Morrison. On a two-party preferred basis, the ALP lead 56 to 44. If an election were to be held today, on today's news poll numbers, the coalition would lose 25 seats and lose government. And if you're wondering uh, what kind of an election campaign we could be in for, well, I mean, uh, Morrison himself tried to make it look like he was a uh, COVID wartime prime minister, but... I think this year he wants to make himself look like a wartime, wartime prime minister. Yes, Kieran, we were talking last year about the prospects of a khaki election, and I don't think it could be any clearer that Scott Morrison is pitching for this from his comments with our colleague Paul Murray last night. Because in national security, there are only really two courses you can go down. You can appease or you can stand up for what you believe in as a country. So anyways, after a horrible December and January of cancelled plans, empty shelves, workers off sick, overwhelmed hospitals, an aged care sector in crisis, sorry, situation of this nature, and a possible war with either Russia or China on the horizon. I mean, I don't know, ask Peter Dutton. I have to say, all this horribleness absolutely pales in comparison to the single worst thing inflicted upon the Australian people this summer by a liberal. I am, of course, talking about the Season three return of Christopher Pine's podcast, Pine Time. You, oh, Sunday, I have to admit, Monday, I've, happy, happy days. days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, but I go on, ready to wait for you. Yes, it's not something you ever normally hear an Australian say, but after this summer, I'm really looking forward to winter. And most of all, I'm looking forward to Scott Morrison telling the Governor General to... Come on down. Come on down now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yes, welcome back to News Fighters. And joining us now is our all-star favorite correspondent. You heard him on his own best of uh, episode over the summer. Here he is, Stefan Pazur. Stefan, mate, how are you going? Um, good, thanks. Good, thanks. Coping well in the uh, summer heat. Finally how's, got some summer heat going. How's your summer been? What have you been up to? Haven't got COVID yet? Uh, no, no, but I caught the cold a few times. Really? Uh, Mul- multiple tests, times? Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my asthma is not that good, so it plays tricks. It's tricky. How are you catching the cold? You've been hanging around like childcare centres again or something? No, no, no. The uh, sudden change in uh, weather, like rain, dry, rain, wind. Ah, the, uh, la-ni- the La Nina spe- cold. That's right. I've been spending some time in the beach. I've been going there for a bit. I go for swims. At the uh, beach, so, um yeah, yeah. So that's where I think I'm getting my colds from. Now, the big thing we're here to talk about, the big summer event, of course, has been the Winter Olympics. Uh, have you been have you been watching the uh, Winter Olympics? They've been held in Beijing, first city to host both the Summer and Winter Olympics. What have you uh, What have you been well watching? Done, what have been your favourite events so far? Um, anything Anything involving the uh, boards? And And do you know uh, Do you know who bid Who bid for these games? Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Kazakhstan and uh, Beijing. Yes, yes. I was Kalmati is the city in Kazakhstan, and what's amazing is um, I was reading up on this. Um, Kalmati in Kazakhstan never heard of it. it uh, Beijing still only won by four votes. <laughs> so that was very close. Four so votes. they really didn't want to give these Winter Olympics to Beijing. But I have to say they've been doing a good job so far. Uh, I watched the opening ceremony. It seemed a bit disorganised, especially the bit where uh, the president of the Beijing organising committee and the IOC president got got up and spoke foreign languages. And Channel Seven had didn't know this was coming. There was no. They just put on screen. I was like, oh, I'll flick over to the subtitles, mm. and it just said speaking in foreign language. It's like no one told SBS, uh, Channel Seven that this was coming. It was like watching a SBS foreign movie late at night. There was just no subtitles. There was a lot of a uh, lot of great music uh, at the opening ceremony. My favorite thing was when they played the traditional uh, ancient Chinese song of "Imagine" by John Lennon, which of course uh, was ruined uh, by Gal Gadot, and uh, I now consider a form of torture. So whenever anyone says China doesn't do torture, I'm like, no, they played "Imagine" at the opening ceremony. That is torture. The the Olympics we had last year also played "Imagine," so I don't know why the Chinese copied the drone idea and the. Um and imagine it's yes. running out of ideas, maybe. And it's weird because the pandemic, the last Olympics was only like six months ago. It's like, guys, we have longer memories. <laughs> like, we, like next thing you know, they'll like uh, they'll um, raise the Japanese flag. It's like, no, oh, no, don't copy everything Tokyo did. That's <laughs> <laughs> a wrong thing. It's a wrong um, thing. And did you see like they had every during you see during the uh, the um, parade of athletes, they all had every country's little sign was a snowflake. And then um, for and then after all the countries marched out, they put all the snowflakes together, 
uh, to join one giant snowflake. I mean, normally when uh, that many snowflakes get together, they just usually defeat Donald Trump at the election. But this was a <laughs> an Olympics thing. That's a joke, anyway. It's a, oh, oh, it's a snowf- oh, was- lefty snowflake joke, anyway. Well, I, I, I was even thinking uh, when snowflakes fought, come together as one, they fall like an avalanche. And do you know anything about the official Olympic mascot for Beijing 2022? Yes, it's a panda called Bingduin. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's got very green Olympics. They're very much into recycling. And I hear uh, at the end of the Olympics, they're going to harvest the panda's organs. So that's great. <gasps> Aren't they an endangered species? <laughs> I know. It's not a real panda. Don't worry. <sighs> and wh- what about the, what about the medals? Uh, as we're recording this, uh, Australia's already got a gold medal, yeah? Oh, they did? In, in what? Uh, the women's moguls. Okay. Jakara Anthony, Australian Jakara Anthony, have uh, won a gold. Have you watched any of the moguls? Have you seen this this event? Uh, is it the one where they go downhill and they're like going over speed humps? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's there's like these bump, 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 like speed humps they do. I think it's the yeah. only sport you could train for by falling down a set of stairs. Well, at least they'll be falling down with um, knee pads on and all that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe this oh. is an Olympic event Barnaby Joyce could train for. It's funny though. It's funny. I've noticed that when they're doing that sport, uh, that all the athletes have got long pants on, so you don't know if they're wearing, um, you know, arm pads, knee pads underneath those pants. I guess the theory is the snow is soft, so if you land, you land on the snow. But it's all man-made snow. It looks pretty hard to me. Yeah. Uh, after a while, any man-made snow will be, end up being like um. Yeah, yeah. You ever gone skiing? I, ever... I shouldn't say. No. You ever I, can't say, you, you, I can't say what the ice would be like because I've be never hard. been. You've seen snow before? This is the thing. It's amazing Australia does as well as it does in the Winter Olympics, considering the question, have you ever seen snow before, is a legitimate question Australians ask each other. <laughs> have you ever seen yeah, snow I've, before? I have 20 years ago, first Pro- time. Like proper snow? Whereabouts? Yeah, yeah, in Canberra, when we were oh, studying in Canberra. <laughs> you mean that time it snowed when we were at uni in Canberra? That was a very light dusting, my friend. You couldn't really make a snowman or or, or roll around in it like it was. Oh, well, I definitely did. I found something to roll around, roll around in. So uh, Australian Jakara Anthony won a gold medal. Um, and what was great was like during the commentary on Channel 7, they cut back to the studio and like there was like Stephen Bradbury. Remember him? Um, remember course, him? Yes. He fumbled his way to a gold <laughs> medal in 2002 when everyone else stacked it. And Stephen yeah. Bradbury's there being like, oh, good on you. Great job. And you can just tell how jealous he was because like she actually won a medal and he just Bradburyed it, literally. It's the man who came up with the term Bradbury. It's named after him. There was one of the athletes in the summer competitions that had a diet at McDonald's, pizza and KFC. Really? And still managed to win gold or something like that. Oh, see, I could still be a, I could still be an Olympian. And what are you, what are you, what are your favorite sports at the Winter Olympics? Uh, bobsled. Why is for that? Sure. Is, is this one you reckon you could do? You're good at sitting down. I like pushing things going fast. You'd nail it, my friend. Should we try and get you on I the think- bobsled team for uh, Italy 2026 or wherever it is? No, my, my asthma wouldn't like it. It doesn't like the cold weather. It's too cold, yeah. Yeah, it, it freezes. I was at work, there's like a 20 degree, minus 20 degree, 20 degree fridge behind a 4 degree fridge. Oh, yes. And when I go into that 20 degree and stay for about 2 or 3 minutes, once I come out, I get dizzy. Oh, my goodness. You yeah, wouldn't last yeah, it's, 5 it's minutes. It's supposedly, odd. it's minus 20 in Beijing. You wouldn't last 5 minutes. Yeah. You'd fall down in the athlete's parade. 
That's right. Shameful. That's right. Shameful for whatever Australia. I can get. <laughs> yeah, they won't, they won't want me there. I'm unfit for the Winter Olympics. Unfit, I tell you. Now, moving on from the Winter Olympics, uh, we often have you on to talk about sport, but the other thing we have you on to talk about is showbiz news. And this week, the Oscar nominations were announced. And I have to say, I maybe it's because uh, we are in lockdown last year and there's thousands of cases a day and I don't want to be in a dark room uh, with everyone breathing on me, but I didn't know any of these movies. Did you know, did you know many of the nominations? I knew a few of them. Mm. Um, I I was surprised Lady Gaga didn't get anything, but we'll get back we'll get back to that. We'll get back to it. Now, last year's Oscars were held in a train station. Any word where they're holding this year's? I was hoping maybe it'd be a, the Greyhound bus terminal, maybe. Well, I, I actually thought the bus terminals in the old bus terminals or tram sheds that leave in Sydney would be in a good place, but no, they're being held on March 27 back at the Dobie Theatre. And uh, Samuel L. Jackson um, is actually getting an honorary Oscar this year, I think, for most times uh, swearing at snakes, yeah? I think so, I think so. Um, yeah, like, uh, I don't know why, but I think he seems to be typecast because in each movie I've seen him playing, he's either shouting, angry, or loud. I don't know why, but it's, it's one of those categories. Well, hopefully that speech will be on the telecast because I think it will be, it'll be one to watch live so that before they bleep it, definitely, for sure. Well, I do hope he speaks his normal, natural voice and not like a shouting character thing because I, I, I tend to want to put it on mute. Come on, Samuel Jackson. Show us the real you. <laughs> I want to see the real you. No shouting. No angry. The real you. Surely you aren't angry in your real life. And looking at the... Uh, hopefully there will be some shouting from the Australians if they win because five Australians... Uh, actually got nominated six if you count Jane Campion and I think we should because a, she's a Kiwi who basically lives here um, and Nicole Kidman uh, was one of the Aussies who got nominated for playing uh, Lucille Ball in Amazon's gritty Aaron Sorkin reboot of I Love Lucy being the Ricardos what's next they're going to reboot some like other funny sitcoms into psychological thrillers what like Alf directed by David, David Fincher or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air oh no wait that actually did get rebooted into a, a gritty uh, <laughs> series yeah, I don't know. I don't know if uh, look if Nicole Kidman wins the Oscar, she was the best pick, best choice for it. Well, it, the trailer looks great. I'm looking forward to watching it the next time I buy something off Amazon and they give me another free month of Amazon Prime because that's the only way I watch any of the <laughs> the Amazon shows. It's like, mm. oh, I'll just order a new phone off Amazon. Oh, I get a free month of uh, watching some Oscar movies. Great. But um, yeah, I I do hope Nicole gets an uh, Oscar. It would be good to have already get an Oscar. Very talented. So lucky to be in so many films. We are rooting for you, Nicole. Absolutely. And uh, we're fast running out of time, so let's uh, just quickly go through the Best Picture uh, nominations. Now, this year there's 10 films nominated. For the last 10 years or so, they've it's expanded from 5 to around 8 or 10 because they didn't want to uh, they wanted to have more blockbusters in there and less art house bombs. And this year they've got a list of 10 art house bombs. So... <laughs> It's, uh, I don't know if this theory worked for them. Like, anyway, let's go through the list and uh, tell me what you know about them. Uh, first of all, we got Coda, which, as I mentioned before, is uh, Apple TV's movie about deaf parents. Now, if you haven't heard about this movie, it's because uh, a lot of the people who've watched it haven't uh, heard about it. Oh, because it's on app, because it's on Apple TV, is what I mean. Yes, yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, the next one is Don't Look Up. 
which is an Adam McKay's political yeah. satire. From the director of Austin Hello. Powers. Yeah, yeah. And don't look up reviews of this film because I've heard it's bad. Okay, uh, yes. Uh, Drive My Car is a Japanese film, which I thought was made up with the cast from the Three Tubbies. Yes, no, but it's no. not a kid's film. It's not a Wiggles film. It's a three-hour art house Japanese film about someone driving. Sounds riveting. Of course, now the biggest blockbuster on here is June. Uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, sci-fi movie, which I saw uh, outdoors at the Moonlight Cinema. And I have to say, it felt like it had a lot of uh, weird sound effects of like birds and planes and dogs barking. Turns out that was just me watching the movie outdoors at Moonlight Cinema. Yeah, dogs are allowed at Moonlight. Uh, I know for sure. Because uh, it's, it's pretty much a public space, really. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but the dogs don't know that. They just go everywhere they want. And, and so, so they should. They're, they're dogs. Next, we have King Richard, in which uh, Will Smith plays the parents of Serena and Venus Williams. And Will Smith is tempted to get his first Oscar for this. Uh, but I was Googling this, and it turns out the most common thing Googled about the movie King Richard is the words, is King Richard based on a true story? It's like, what? Have people never heard of Serena and Venus Williams? It's like, oh, these tennis players are good. I wish they were real. Nobody can be that good in real life. Well, it's funny when when I think of King Richard, I think of King Richard in the UK, like in the uh, late eleven hundreds, middle middle ages UK. King Richard. Yeah, I'm not sure why they called the movie King Richard. It should have called should have called the film King William. Or that would be good. or King Tennis Coach Dad. That would have been that's right. More accurate. Yeah. I want accuracy. Because yeah, because uh, seriously, I didn't think uh, cricket was a ten- not cricket. Tennis was a big. I didn't think tennis was a big thing in in the eleven hundreds. Yeah. Definitely not. No, it the wasn't. Dark Ages UK. And, Funny and, ne- and next up, we have Licorice Pizza. What do you think this movie's about? Just going off the name. Well, I actually thought it was something involving a cooking show on SBS. You know, like Gordon Ramsay's Pizza Nightmares. That I'd watch. Licorice no, Pizza. No, it's, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, so of course it's set in Los Angeles in the 1970s. Like, all his movies are. Uh, and we've got to rush through these last few. A Nightmare Alley. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, Night- the Nightmare is just the trailer. I couldn't figure out what this movie was about. Do you know anything about this movie, Nightmare Alley? No idea. No, no. The first thing that comes to mind is Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger. I think it's That's trying to be that vibe, but being Guillermo del Toro, it probably involves like someone uh, having sex with a mermaid or something because that was, that was all I remember mm. from his last movie. Flashbacks. <laughs> then we've got the two favourites, uh, Belfast, which is uh, Kenneth Branagh's uh, uh, historical uh, movie about his upbringing. Where do you think Belfast was filmed? It should be around London. It was, yes. Belfast was filmed in London. That's more Hollywood lies for you. And then uh, the, the, I think the favourite to win is the Jane Campion uh, Western, American Western, The Power of the Dog. Guess where this American Western was filmed? New Zealand. Yes, more Hollywood lies. Anyway, look, we're completely out of time. Stefan, great That's to have you shame. on the show. Anything you want to plug? Um, not at this stage, no. But later on, I'll be definitely plugging something coming All right. up. All right. Well, great to, have, great to have you back. And uh, happy 2023, my friend. 2022. What year is it? 2022. Happy 2023 right. as well. Thanks for having me, Dylan. And Thanks happy for New that. Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, that's News Fighters for this fortnight. Thank you for listening. As always, News Fighters is written, produced, and edited by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Dialabolical. 
Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash newsfighters and hit follow on your podcasting app of choice as well as Twitter and Instagram at newsfighterspod. Don't forget you can support the show and get uh, monthly-ish bonus episodes uh, at patreon.com slash newsfighters or uh, hit subscribe on your Apple podcast feed on one of the bonus episodes there or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters and I can assure you it's going to be an iced coffee so long as the weather's this hot. Don't forget we refuse to advertise on Facebook so sign up for our free newsletter at newsfighters.com You can also email a podcast if you want to complain about one of my jokes. The email address is podcast at newsfighters.com Big thank you to Stefan for being on the show. All these links are in the show notes. And don't forget, I'd really appreciate it if you could uh, write us a review or give us some stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're going to be back in a fortnight. Uh, Until then, keep fighting and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. These days are ours, those happy days. (laughs) I can't believe I remember all these jingles. I'm impressed. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.